Welcome back to another hour of Scotch Hour. I'm Noah. And I'm Jesse. All right. Well, first off, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, this will be coming out on Thanksgiving Day. Um, and this evening's lineup is going to be the Devron 12-year-old. Uh, from there, we'll do our shout-outs, get-it-togethers, our restaurant review of Maggiano's Little Italy. And then our smarter challenge is to do something we normally wouldn't do. Uh, and I had suggested re- uh, it be regarded towards something I like with modern, with modern technology. But uh, that was left open to interpretation, however we wanted to do that. So hopefully uh, you'll get to hear some, some, way, uh, some sage uh, wisdom from us on, on doing something that we normally wouldn't do. All right, as Noah mentioned, this week's single malt scotch is the Deveron 12-year. And this is an interesting uh, little predicament. So we're here, we landed here because taste buds weren't all 100%. Noah's recovering from a quick cold, and we wanted to make sure we didn't best ourselves with an expensive adventure uh, and miss any little piece of it. So we slid down the road a little bit, maybe a lot of it, to the Deveron 12 single malt scotch, a Highland single malt scotch. And it's interesting because it is a Highland single malt scotch because Speyside is in Highland. Um, However, it is also Speyside. And they don't like to say that about themselves, which is kind of interesting. Little few tidbits about the distillery this is not from the Deveron distillery it's actually from the mcduff distillery company it was founded in 1960 although records say 1962 by mcduff distillers limited uh the distillery's official name in 1972 mcduff was acquired by william lawson distillers but official bottling come mostly under the former names um in 92, also Martini and Rossi were acquired by the Bacardi Corporation. Bacardi put their subsidiary, John Dewar and Sons, in charge of the McDuff Distillery. McDuff was transferred to John Dewar and Sons by the Bacardi Corp. Bacardi, Dewar and Sons still manage the distillery today. And McDuff is a major component in their blends, like William Lawson. So this is kind of reminding us of a Cardew, uh, which the Cardew actually turned out to be a pretty damn good scotch. Uh, yeah. Well, but okay. Cardew used largely by other scotches to blend. Like Johnny Walker. Johnny remember. Walker in that case. Yes, exactly. Um, so it's it, it would appear that, hey, first of all, this is a damn new distillery. Um, the Deveron 12 comes from the McDuff Distillery. A fraction of the age of some of the others we've talked about, Lagavulin, Oban, Ardbeg, the McAllen. The list could go on and on and on, but we're just going to continue with this. A few other little quick tidbits. The name of the distillery changed back and forth uh, between Glen Deveron to McDuff. Um, it is located on the eastern edge of Speyside, uh, 
Which is interesting because, again, space side, eastern edge, you can't get any further away from what would be a highland scotch that is not a space side scotch, half a mile from the Moray Firth to the east of Banff. <coughs> oh. Water is, that they use for this is from the river... Uh, Deverin, but ultimately the water actually used in the stills is drawn from the Gelly Burn Spring. Another one of these springs where they're drawing water from a source that uh, they are largely, if not totally, in control of. Um, one of Scotland's more recent distilleries, again, uh, built in 1960, really completed in 1962. Um, it's going to be an interesting adventure uh to see what exactly this scotch does and we don't need to spend a ton of time on this because it doesn't have the history of uh, the glenmorangie uh the macallan lagavulin etc 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 um really relatively new and what we're more so hoping for is that they make a sexy single malt uh, in opposition to just being new uh yeah exactly and uh as far as tours go, they, it does say here that their visitor policy is not generally accessible at this moment in time. They don't offer a telephone. And uh, they do give a website. And uh, on their website, um, there's a couple of videos that you can watch, uh, like from the brand ambassador that talks a little bit about the Devron. Um, and he talks about how he likes it neat. He enjoys it on the rocks. And then he really, if you ask me, he uses the last option to talk about using it as a mix as a mixer, especially for like this, like mixed apple drink. Um, and so this might be one of those scotches where it is made somewhere else. And, uh, and since it is a consortium that, uh, that kind of put it together, uh, maybe they are just using it more as a, like a blend, but then they've uh, decided to give it a shot as a single malt as well. I'm not exactly sure, but, uh, hopefully it does, uh, Hopefully, uh, it gives itself a, a decent representation is what I'm hoping for this evening. Uh, and even though I'm slightly bit under the weather, I'm hoping I can still pick up some, some nice hints from it. All right. So without further ado, we're going to jump right into this. Uh, right off the bat, I actually dig the colors of the canister. Enjoying that. Nice, solid canister. Uh, do appreciate that to this day. And upon opening, it's, it's immediately interesting. I've never seen this before. The bottle is in a bag in the canister. Um, so... Pretty decent canister. It's on Jimmy, uh, Jimmy had a raincoat. <laughs> yeah, one raincoat that will absolutely fail on anything larger than a Vienna sausage mini. Uh, the bottle itself is frosted glass. For her pleasure. Pretty traditional color. Feels like it's a real foil. Um, actually kind of digging the color is the way the light comes through it. Uh, not sure... I mean, how amazing that might look on a uh, a shelf if it didn't have light. It'd be pretty boring. But once you get some light going through, it's pretty exciting. And, man, thank God for, you know, phones and technology that we don't normally use. Like, the light through the bottle is pretty cool seeing that come through. So as you're enjoying that, truly enjoy that. There is some uh, further... 
texture on the glass, a little map, so to speak. So, so let me ask you this. You're a little bit closer at it, and you're looking at it. You can see the light. But is it like a frosted blue glass, it, and then like because of the color of the scotch, you get the yellow and blue make green? Yes, absolutely. It is a frosted light blue glass or medium blue glass. The scotch is bringing in that yellow and giving you the green. So after a couple sips, I'm curious to see how blue this bottle really looks. It could be a fucking win. But we're about to find out the label itself. I love the blue color. Uh, pretty fantastic. We're going to jump right into peeling this topper off. It is a legitimate foil. I like that. It is a legitimate foil to the extent of it is a thick legitimate foil. This is not generic foil <laughs> or tin foil. Um, it has a true wood topper that is also etched or laser engraved. Okay, Dude, what they, is it with these like lower? going all out with this thing. What is it with like <laughs> lower price uh, scotches where they actually use like real wood? They do etching on them. Um, like th there's actually a really good presentation going on with this so far. Like it, I find it's this, a W. And, and here's the thing, like, and, and this is what what surprises me before you even pop it. I'm hoping it's a real cork and not a press cork. But before you pop it, and we find out. I just want to say this. There's some bottles out there that we tried that are like over $100. How about $300 bottles that have press cork? That have press cork or even like a plastic, plastic topper. <laughs> so I'm just wondering like how is it like a bottle here that's like $40? You, you see like uh, the presentation here. They actually put some thought into this, like the, like the coloring of the frosted glass, the uh, the shiny blue there on the label. You got like the real real thick foil wooden topper like i'm i'm just i don't know i'm uh i'm a little bit surprised like it seems like they're putting more effort into their presentation than some of these nicer houses for sure or distilleries for sure hopefully the scotch isn't shit <laughs> i yeah. didn't just pay for the bottle uh, maybe that's all we're paying for is the bottle <laughs> all right well we're gonna take the next step because again this is a, a legitimate like did you feel that like it is legitimately yeah, freaking laser etched in there that is a great topper. And I'm liking it. I'm liking it. I am too. Okay, here we go. We're about to find out. Please don't let us down. Please don't let us down. Real cork, bro. Real cork. Solid real cork. <laughs> None of that pressed generic fake champagne bullshit. I, I don't I, even know what to say I right now. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm surprised. I really am. I am too. All right. If you want more, holla. All right. Hello. I'm just hoping, like, I, I can give this thing a decent score. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure <laughs> about the score. You got a five <laughs> for presentation. I, I'm not going to necessarily a decent <laughs> score because I'm not sure what it is. But I just hope I can do it justice as far as, like, uh, with my taste buds and nose and stuff like that. All right. Um, I guess uh, on to our tasting notes and uh, warp speed. Cheers. Cheers. All right, the uh, Devron 12 is uh, so far been quite a surprise for me. Um, I think it really starts off with the presentation. Uh, when you look at the uh, canister itself, um, I'm not a huge, huge fan of the double colors of the, like, uh, I don't know, that cream and... Uh, Seeing, seeing land. <laughs> yeah, I get to see a land part, but 
I kind of would wish they would stay with like the creamy color all the way through, and then using the blue as a more of like a highlight, like they do in the upper part of the label, or like in the label in the upper part of the canister. But um, overall, um, that's just like a little minor thing for me. Um, I do like that they have a canister. Um, I thought it's a little bit odd that they use like a plastic bag in there, but it shows that they care about their bottle. Taking the frost. <clears throat> and then with the uh, with the frosted blue, or I should say maybe it's like a mold. I don't know. Is that like an aqua blue or maybe? Sea blue. Sea blue maybe. Sea yeah, blue. Aquaman blue. <laughs> blue. Uh, but like with that color there and the wooden top and the real cork, uh, I love the actual label on the on the bottle itself mm-hmm. and the shine and the, like uh, the foil blue there that makes like the 12 uh, sparkle or shine. Honestly, the presentation, when compared to like some of these other ones that are like costing, you know, hundreds of dollars and they're not even putting wood they're not doing doing the laser uh etching in and they're using press cork or like cheap uh foil um i have to give this a five out of five for presentation i really do um the color i was surprised by the color now i don't know if they added any color in there Uh, i didn't find any information on that doesn't say um but um, I, I put it as a nice golden amber coloring. Uh, so I gave that a five out of five as well. So it's so far knocking it out of the ballpark. Then it comes into the uh, to the meat and potatoes here. Uh, and I was hoping that it would not let me down. So when it comes to the, uh, to the bouquet or the nose, if you will, the first things that, and Hopefully, like my senses, my senses are not too totally off. But um, the first thing that I got was vanilla and toffee, with some brown sugar or maybe even caramelized sugar, along with some apple pie spices. Um, which I really like. From what I could smell, I really enjoyed those, um, and I gave it a twenty-six out of thirty. Um, the palette. Um, here I got like a hint of uh, apple with maple sweetness, followed by this like a like a cork taste, like a corkiness, or you know, like sometimes like when you first pop open a champagne, the way that you get that like, that smelly cork smell. Fucking love that. <clears throat> and that's kind of like what I got in my taste there uh, after that that apple ma- maple sweetness. Then it was followed up by some. Uh, some a uh, little bit more malt and a uh, tad bit of brown sugar. So kind of like, kind of like sweet, that corky and then sweet again. Um, I don't know, like maybe my taste buds are all messed up there, but I enjoyed it. And I and like like you, I like that smell of that wet cork or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so I gave that a twenty six out of thirty as well. Oh my god! <laughs> now the finish, uh, <coughs> I, I found it lacking really. Um, I found it to be short, slightly bitter with an oaky dryness. And to me, I go, think Clint Eastwood in Grand, Tur- uh, in Grand Torino. You know, when he's like that grumpy old guy sitting on the porch. <clears throat> he's short. He's bitter. <laughs> and he's a little bit dry. The guy's like six foot three. He's not really short. <laughs> no, I'm talking about temper-wise short. Oh, okay. Not like stature short. Uh, so, yeah, I put here short, slightly bitter, and... Uh, and uh, oaky uh, uh, with the oaky dryness. Um, 
I gave that a 25 out of 30, so gave you, I have a grand total of 87 points, if my math is correct. Yes. And um, I was, uh, like I said, I was pleasantly surprised by this. I can see why possibly uh, why the brand ambassador talks about using it as a blend. I can see how it could be a good blend uh, if you're looking for a scotch and a blended uh, drink. Um because it does have some nice flavor to it from what I could pick out of it. Um, would I would I take it to a black tie fair? No, I wouldn't. Uh, it's not the message I really would want to deliver. Um, would I take it to a poker night? Yeah, I probably would. This is like one of these ones where I think it would be a good talking point and you can discuss and like the bottle is cool. And honestly, I think with the bottle, uh, because of like the frosted coloring of it, it seems to me like it would almost be kind of cool. Like uh, I think you see it in movies sometimes or whatever, but like putting a candle with a melted wax over and stuff like that. I think it, I think this bottle would be kind of cool that if you had a few of those like around in the house and stuff like that. So um, do I think it has a place on the shelf? I think for $40, if you're just looking for an everyday uh, cheapo scotch, I think this could fill the fill the void. My biggest my biggest wonder here, though, because with some of these like lower end scotches that we've tried, is how does it hold up the next day? And that's not something that I can predict at this point in time, since uh, we just opened it. So I don't know how it'll be within twenty four to forty eight hours. Uh, so that would be the one part where maybe my eighty seven doesn't really hold that well. Because uh, I don't know how well it holds uh, over time. But I can only uh, speculate that um, from what I saw out of this, that it would do a decent job holding up um, afterwards. Um, but, that, yeah, that's my review right there. All right. Well, I, I was laughing because it's kind of interesting because I'm right there with you. Like, I don't – even just opening this thing, they not only etched and engraved this wood topper – I like the canister too, Tone. I wish they would have done it a little bit different with you. I, I, like, I don't think it's the right blue. Not quite sea green enough blue. Maybe maybe that's what it is. Or maybe it doesn't you, make me think ocean, but that's where they were going. Yeah. And they should have like cut down with the V. Yeah, but if I, I you do so. that, you screw up the water. Yeah. It's a struggle. But I agree with you. Like the canister, high quality. It's thick. Like it's made to protect this. They got the plastic in there to protect the etched glass. The foil was legit. This wood topper, though, like lacquered. It's not just that they etched it and engraved it. They went the extra inch uh, or the angry inch and <laughs> did the next step. I dig the bottle. I dig the label. <clears throat> um, I'm right there with you, presentation of five. And they don't often get that, especially for a $40 scotch. This was at Bevy's, $39.99. Ridiculously cheap in some senses for a single malt of 12 years. Uh, color, I'm right there with you again. Love the color. Five out of five. I think it is a nice summer gold. And I'm going to leave it there because really where the next couple pieces come in is where this scotch gets its name for me. Uh, on the nose, uh, it is sweet, fresh-baked apple pie right off the bat. It's got those pieces of there's that hint of malt, which is kind of the crust, the apple, the vanilla, the toffee. I get a hint of brine 
And that's what I, one of the things I actually love about this nose. Man, I wish it, I got the brine. Dude, the brine is with the green apple, though. It's like intermixed. It like pop, makes the green apple pop. Yeah, I, like I, on my nose, I don't even think I said I got apple. Oh, it's an man. apple pie spice, but I didn't really get apple. I'm getting apple. the whole apple and apple pie spice, and I think what it is is one of those things where you take a fruit and you just sprinkle a teeny little bit of salt on it and makes the flavors pop. See, now you're making me envious. I wish I would now. Dude, that's, that's what I'm getting on the nose. So interestingly enough, though, when you think about, like, what is a true scotch and everything X and vice versa, I literally gave it a 26 out of 30 just like you so right now to the <laughs> to the t we're 100 the palette mm. i love the palette vanilla i shouldn't say vanilla vanilla toffee apple um like you went to a, a carnival and you got a toffee apple that had a flavor of vanilla in there um but then it's got this little kick of ginger. Um, it's very mild at this point. Uh, then, as you mentioned, the sweet to the not-so-sweet to the sweet again. I, it literally goes from vanilla toffee apple to ginger to butterscotch to malt. That's all on the palate. It is a super great palate. 26 again. Um, the finish, 100% with you here. Dry wood. That's what lubricants were made for. Soft oak. Not the kind of sexy, spicy oak that draws in pepper, but there is almost a white pepper ginger resonance in the in the finish. It is a short finish. Like the palate goes away, and then you just get these little hints, but it leaves you needing more, not wanting more, needing more just to quench that dry thirst. I only gave it a 24 out of 30 there so my total score is an 86 one point lower than your 87 it's time for our shout outs shout out Woo! i actually have to give a shout out for just a few nights ago uh, two nights ago uh, the las vegas grand prix and formula one for putting together what could have been a <laughs> let's face it a shitty track and a shitty race it could have been people were making fun of it it's an upside down pig all these different things the race was great um intentional or not sometimes uh luck is better <laughs> than skill that <coughs> could absolutely be the case with this las vegas race because it provided phenomenal entertainment the long straights and then the curvy bits the legs the tail and the nose if you will let's face it this is a racetrack that forced drivers to choose downforce or speed um so are you going faster through the turns or faster in the straights um, are you going to trust the skill if you're going faster in a straight and you have to pass right at the edge of a turn? Um, I think it was fantastic because I don't know that this modern era of drivers is truly used to that with all the other technology with suspension and tires that has gone into providing them these dream machines, not saying I can drive this dream machine like they can. 
but they are gifted this piece and it provided great entertainment. Shout out to Verstappen winning another one. Shout out to Leclerc winning, or I shouldn't say winning, passing signs, uh, not signs, uh, Pedro. Sergio, Sergio Perez, Perez, yeah. Passing Sergio Perez right before the end of the race to that last chicane. Um, brilliant moves, great clean racing. Yeah, a few penalties here and there, deserved or not. Everyone got on with it. Um, but so Verstappen, Leclerc, Perez even finishing in third. Um, but really for Verstappen, the reason I would say this is he is in a point where he owes the Perez nothing. And a couple laps before the end of the race, Leclerc is on a hot one. And uh, man, Sergio needs some help. And the team asked him, uh, asked him being Verstappen to slow down to give him a little bit of a tow. In other words, clear the air in front of his car, give him a chance to stay in front of Leclerc. I didn't think he was going to do it because young Verstappen would have never done that. He dropped back almost three seconds in a matter of a, a turn on this track and tried to really help his teammate out and the team out. Verstappen continues to amaze me with the maturity that this driver has. He's not sitting there crying like, in my opinion, Hamilton does to this day about nah, everything's terrible. Uh, it was, it, it made me happy. Um, so great job to all of those aforementioned drivers uh, for Formula One in Las Vegas for putting together a great track and a great race. Thank you for the entertainment. All right, so my shout-out goes to Verstappen, but for a different reason. I love the fact that his uh, uniform that he wore or his, his, his jumpsuit was an Elvis jumpsuit. That was and, pretty good. and Because uh, <laughs> he complained about this whole this race, like, all weekend. Uh, and then he, like, pops out on race day with his Elvis suit. And that was, like, freaking classic. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then when uh he uh gets penalized uh five seconds by the race stewards he's like okay okay whatever tell him thanks <laughs> he's like i don't give a f <laughs> i'm still gonna win this he's race like, get on with it. <laughs> so uh, i thought that was pretty funny um yeah, and then, thank them for me <laughs> And then, really, I think the really uh, the next kind of cool part that I saw because I actually was I was surprised that I was up for this because I was feeling really bad that day. Um, the race was that good; it kept us. Yeah. Up. <laughs> well, the thing is, like when I got home from teaching and I was sick, I passed out like right after I ate dinner, and oddly enough, I woke up like two minutes before the race started. I don't know how that <laughs> happened. So I caught the race, and then I I didn't fall back to sleep because it was that exciting because like there's so many great passes and stuff like that. Um, and then one of my favorite parts, because I watched a little bit at the end, was when all three of them got into the Bentley, and Leclerc was like, that was a really fun race. I really enjoyed it. And you could tell, like, as he's talking to the other two drivers, like, he actually really did enjoy the whole back and forth between them. And, and you know, and he didn't seem all that upset being pushed off, off the track by, uh, by Verstappen there in that first turn um, when they first got started off. And I think... Uh, 
he understood why Versapin kind of went wide because I think Versapin explained to him like he had no traction either. Neither of them did. Otherwise, had Leclerc had traction, Leclerc would have held his line yeah. and they both would have been out of the race. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I just want to give a shout out to Versapin for making like that extra part really fun just by doing those like little extra side bits there. And also um, for Leclerc being such a, like being, you know, authentic uh, in that ride, you know, it's kind of, you know, sometimes you wonder if people are being authentic when they know they're on camera like that. And you can kind of tell he had actual enjoyment from that race. And that, I thought that was cool. It is cool. Um, it is also super interesting because the, the people who get paid way too much money, most likely to make these great tracks, they didn't make this track. Like Vegas did what they could with what they had. And it ended up being dynamite. So I loved it too. Uh, my shout out. Shout out or get it together. Sorry. My get it together. Uh, my shout out goes to everything mentioned. My get it together goes to the team that wasn't mentioned in there. Dude, I don't know if you saw all the shit that Total Wolf and Mercedes are putting out. We're ready for Vegas. <laughs> I didn't say anything. They will not ready for Vegas at all. <laughs> It was terrible. Um, I actually felt bad at points for Russell and Hamilton. Like, what are you doing? Like, your cars were not ready for this. Not the engine. The Mercedes is failing them. Not, yeah. Or maybe it's not the Mercedes is failing them from an engine standpoint or an aerodynamic standpoint. Uh, it's that the drivers just aren't dealing with these things well, which is another possibility. But uh, Mercedes team is how I should put it. That's my get it together. All right, well, my get-it-together is going to go to uh, the uh, Democrats who put together the January 6th committee. Apparently, they destroyed, like, hours of, like, videotape, uh, videotapage from the January 6th event that happened because recently the uh, House Republicans had released uh, a bunch of hours. Like, they released a lot of films showing, like, what actually happened there. So now that it's out in the public, I think it's kind of nice that we can kind of see, like, what's going on. And at the same time, you can kind of see how much that January 6th uh, pony show that they put on was, uh, was, was a true travesty of... of of our American government and like where it's gone. So I just think the Democrats should get their act together. This week's restaurant review, a revisit to a remodeled Maggiano's little Italy in uh, the DTC. So Centennial, Colorado, Denver tech center. Um, I'll go first, but I won't really talk about the meal because I'll let you describe the meal because we got the exact same meal. Um, so my my first impression, uh, the parking lot or getting into the parking lot, that parking lot's always a little bit goofy in my opinion, um, just because it's 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 not like one big sub parking lot. It's like it has like sections, like it's all kind of broken up and like in its own little pods. And like in the pod area, like where we parked, there's like a bunch of like. Uh, dumpsters right there, which seemed really weird. But anyways, Thought the remodel was over, motherfuckers. <laughs> um, you know, when you first walk in the bar area there, and where the hostess stand is, it still looks fairly fairly similar before the remodel. But then when you actually make it into the uh, main dining hall area, I do like uh, the how they have like the tables in the middle with the white, uh, the black. Uh, 
tablecloths with white on there. So you got like a nice white and black um, look going on there. So I thought that looked kind of nice. I, in the uh, booths around the main dining uh, area, uh, those tables had like a kind of like a marble looking table. I don't think they're actually true marble, um, but I didn't try to like move them or anything like that. To like, they're heavy, are they? Yeah. But uh, I think those looked really nice. What I didn't like, and uh, and I think you've mentioned this before, um, how before the remodel they had like a lot more wood, maybe wood paneling or whatever, uh, up on the walls going all the way up. Um, now it's like, uh, yeah, like wood paneling up to a certain level and it's just like this bland gray or white color. And, uh, I don't know. I just look a little bit cold and not all that great. Um, I honestly didn't like it. Um, it just didn't feel nice, warm and cozy inside. Like it used to, you know, like, uh, <laughs> sometimes like when you go to a place, it feels like you went, uh, you, it was more like a, an event going there. And now it just feels like I'm going to, I don't know, any other kind of like Italian restaurant almost in a way. But I will say Alyssa, I think that was her name. Um, the waitress that we had, she's probably one of the better waitresses we had in a long time. <coughs> and she did an excellent job. <coughs> the food was still great. I'll let you describe the food. Um, would I take a date there? I probably would still take a date there, but that's not going to be my first place I would go anymore um, just because I don't really like the interior as much as I, I used to. Uh, the wait staff is still just as good. I think the food is still just as great. So the food and wait staff, I'm still giving them like a, a, a solid nine, I think, out of these two. Um the atmosphere, though, I'm giving it more like a, like a seven. Um, food value, <coughs> I don't know. I think the the value uh, might have dipped a little bit. But that could be a little bit due to inflation and stuff like that. Uh, so I'm gonna go with a seven on that. So you got like two nines, two sevens. So I guess I'll round out basically at an eight. Um, is it still a destination place? And oddly enough, I'm going to say yes, because there's right around in that area, so to speak. Um, I don't know very many other, like, as good of Italian restaurants in that area. So if I'm going to be in that area, that would be my destination spot to go for Italian food. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, when I meet friends there, yeah. Um I guess that's it about right about that right there. So I'll let you describe the food and all that. All right. <laughs> it's interesting because I think if we were to have the opportunity to revisit the old Maggianos and the new Maggianos within a one week period, it would really change how and I don't want to say low but how we scored the previous experience. And what I mean by this is, as we get into this, let's dive into the food first. We went in, had some of their cheapest happy hour house wine, the Amanti, um, a red blend from Italy. You can't buy it in any liquor stores. It was okay. 
I preferred their old Rosso Coppola. Um, but when you're trying to increase ticket price, uh, sometimes the best way to do that is to introduce new wines that can not be classified by a liquor store price. So justifying them, increasing your margin right along the way, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great to me with that. And then next moving forward, this is where we both just kept it simple and straight. We went in. Part of this was to re-experience <coughs> really the whole experience of Maggiano's and consider the atmosphere, what's changed, what's good, what's bad, what's not. We went in. And at one point in time, we were there long ago with Marissa, you reminded me, and they had a seasonal dish, the lobster ravioli. Well, they don't offer that anymore. They haven't for a while, apparently. Uh, but what you can still offer, even though it's not on the standard menu, you will pay a, a pretty penny more for it, is the mushroom ravioli. Now, with that, you add the black truffle oil cream sauce, and then you have them top it with some lobster crab meat. <laughs> so you're paying a little bit extra for each of these steps. Uh, for me, the dish was divine. The extra black truffle oil cream sauce is amazing. The lobster on top, the claw meat in particular, sweet and delicious. The mushroom ravioli themselves, if you're a mushroom fan, fantastic. Well done. I don't know if they're any better uh, the ravioli themselves than they used to be at twice the price nearly that they charge nowadays, uh, but still delicious, especially with the extra additions. Um, we kept it pretty simple after that. Noah took a take-home tiramisu. I took a take-home four-cheese ravioli, which I did the next day. God damn, I'm glad you made me, like, recommended that. I almost walked out without getting it. So damn good for six freaking dollars. That's the best part of my value so with that though here's where it gets really interesting is because when i truly incorporate what did it used to be like to experience the old Maggiano's a darker environment more intimate in my mind uh, a little more comfortable more private well it made you stay longer in the restaurant and it also made me want to go back and this new location and the atmosphere does, it's not that the location changed, it's just the environment inside with the remodel, doesn't make me want to go back. The food is great. I want the food. I don't want to go back to the restaurant. I don't know that Maggiano's really panned this one out well, the, the managing staff or the people who decided on all these remodels. Um so how I would explain this is the old environment. I used to go easily once every four weeks with Marissa or with you for a lunch, for a dinner. I was there sometimes twice a month. Now I've been there twice in six months and I don't care to go back in the next several months. Like the dish was delicious. The service was great. The environment doesn't make me want to go back. So I'm actually changing my old score um, and I'll actually say opposite of you. This is not a date destination for me. I would rather go across the street 
and go get a pizza and Marco's coal-fired pizza or go get a burger at the Metropolitan Bar and Grill or any number of their other dishes. Those feel more intimate, um, more relaxed. I want to spend more time there. In here, like I, I didn't, I wanted to get out. I, I think that they had a great intention because at the time when COVID was ending and they couldn't staff and they're trying to turn tables as fast as possible, they figured out how to do that, make an environment that's like a goddamn McDonald's, make it uncomfortable, make people not want to stay. They mission accomplished. Now, the problem there is now, is this a place I want to take a date? No. Will I meet a friend there? No, unless I'm really craving Italian. Like, I don't, I'm not recommending this to a friend. Part of that recommendation, though, goes to even though the food for me was a nine, the atmosphere at best was really a six. The service was a 10. Uh, the location is only a seven. Parking lot's not great. <laughs> value because of the these all these things incorporate to value and total. Value and total really are almost the same score. Um, value and total both end up being a seven. And it could be the same damn food and still 20% more expensive. But in the old atmosphere where it made me want to get dressed up because it made me feel good to, here I, I was looking around. I'm like, I understand why these fools are wearing T-shirts and holy jeans. That's what Maggiano's wants. That's what Maggiano's gets. I will go pay twice as much somewhere else. And that's another point is, any other time I've gone to Maggiano's, even if I don't finish it, I order a second bottle of wine, multiple drinks, other things. I want to stay. That night, I'm like, let's get out of here. Like, I think we both were. Um, so ultimately, it's a seven for me. Not super impressed um, still. But man, the service was a freaking 10. Yeah, Alyssa, Alyssa great did a good job. She really did. Um, and I did fill out that survey and let them know that. And then, um, man, the food was still a nine. Like, that dish to me was delicious. This week's Smarter Challenge was to do something that we normally wouldn't do. And then I kind of like put the regarding like toward like modern technology. Uh, but I think we both kind of did stuff a little bit outside of like the modern technology part too. Uh, Cause as much as I think maybe we might've wanted to avoid some modern technology stuff, uh, it just wasn't very practical for us to do it this week. So um, I don't know if you want to go first saying some of the things that you did, or if you want me to go first. Um. I can mention one. You can mention one. We can just bounce back and forth. Okay. Um, my first one, here's something that's interesting. <clears throat> Normally, I find this neat anytime I'm watching a show <coughs> or a movie. I have to finish it. And the first thing, the first big piece was I started to watch Knives Out and walked away. <laughs> I love this movie. I didn't, I walked away. I didn't stay to finish it. So, all right. So why did you choose, like, why did you choose that <laughs> movie? And why did you choose to do it, do this? And how did it make you feel? Um, so it's interesting. 
why I chose to do it was simply because what would I not normally do? Like, what are some things just throwing the, something into the mix? What wouldn't I normally do? Like, I would normally finish any movie, uh, particularly a movie I love, Knives Out, Daniel Craig, everyone in there, absolutely amazing, great cast, well-directed. Um, but I chose to do it because, like, what does this feel? I, I'm days later, and I want to go back and watch it still. Is it you want to go back and watch it all the way from the beginning or just pick up from where you left off so I you can finish it? I really just want to pick it up from where I left off and finish it because when it comes to something like that, I hate not finishing it. Does it does it kind of give you like an anxiety like you haven't finished something and that it needs to be done for you to kind of like get that out of your mind? I think that's exactly what it is. It's not so much anxiety, but it's just this tension of I didn't finish. Like I failed. Because I didn't finish. Almost doesn't count. As my mom said, as we talked about a week from today, a week ago. Well, hopefully you're not telling her that, that you didn't finish. <laughs> my whole point is. Sorry. That. Um, I didn't man, finish. Man. <laughs> that's what she said. But with that. Yeah, it just, it was, it's weird. At the end of the day. If I had had a better reason not to finish, like, oh, shit, the house is on fire. I need to leave. I don't think I would ever think back. Or, oh, hey, like, Aiden needs me. Mila needs me. There's a reason not to do this. It would be a whole different story. But because there was no reason, I just was like, okay, done. <laughs> so, like, what part did you decide to get up and leave? Um, right when it's getting exciting, when... Um, yeah. Daniel Craig's character tells the vomiter, if you will. All right, tomorrow morning we begin. I'll see you then, Watson. Okay. Now, I'm just curious to see like where you decided to stop it at. Because if you stop it like right at like a, a good part, that makes it even worse. Well, that's just it. Like literally, that to me is a good point, though, is because that's when he's explained to her this machine will come to the truth. You're gonna be part of this. And she doesn't want to be any part of that. And it's when it's like the middle point, the halfway point of the movie, when everything truly gets like, okay, who done it good? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, thank you for sharing that. So one of the first things uh, I did is uh, I went grocery shopping uh, two different times. And I went out to dinner without my cell phone. And I really, I wanted to, like, my whole idea when I first uh, proposed this idea, the original thought was to go a whole week without my cell phone. Um, but it's, it was a bad week for me to even think about this idea because I was in the middle of, of teaching. So, um, like, I started a class on Saturday, and then I had finished the class this past Saturday, Sunday. Uh, or, so I went Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. So that whole week in between, I needed to kind of keep my phone with me in case I had one of my learners reach out to me for like an answer key to a worksheet I gave them because I didn't give out the answer sheets until after they text me saying that they were done and showing proof that they finished their worksheet. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, so I, I just did it for like a little bit of a short stint. Um, I, the first time I went to the, uh, to the grocery store, um, I, uh, I didn't really notice me not having my cell phone um, until I got into my car and I started freaking out. Like, what did I do with my cell phone? Where's my cell phone at? Because, like, usually I put my cell phone onto the uh, the car charger uh, in my car. 
And, so, and then I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. I left it at home. And then uh, when I went to go eat dinner uh, and another night without my cell phone, I felt really antsy uh, not to have the cell phone because I, 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 I noticed this even with myself as, as well as like watching other people, but whether they're at a, like whether I'm at or other people at a restaurant or even inside a house or where you're visiting with friends and family sometimes, uh, there's always a point where like it seems like everybody's on their phone looking at their phone um, and they're not there's not that like that true human interaction right and so um, I just remember like being at the restaurant and and this is where I would normally would pull out my cell phone as I'm waiting for my food to like read articles or watch something on YouTube or whatever, just to kind of kill the time till my food got there. Cause usually when I go out to eat, it's all by myself. So, you know, this is just a way for me to entertain myself until my food gets there. And I was getting really antsy because I'm like, uh, like I don't have anyone to talk to you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got nothing to look at. Like I'm like, <laughs> I'm well, he's telling you the females in the restaurant were not attractive. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept on like, you know how sometimes they put like something up on the on the table or whatever. I read that uh, I read that thing like three times, like with the freaking uh, happy hour stuff was or whatever. Monday special <laughs> yeah. at Priceburger. So. I tell you what, I didn't. I did not enjoy that. I really did not enjoy not having my uh, cell phone to do something with while I waited for my food. I, I really, it really made me feel uncomfortable not having that. Um, and then the other time when I went to the uh, grocery store, um, sometimes, like most of the time, if there's stuff I'm buying for a recipe, I'll put it into my cell phone so that way when I'm at the store, instead of like right now, I like a real list or whatever. I put it in my phone because I know I'm going to have my phone with me. Mm. And this time around, I didn't write out a list because I didn't think about it. And because usually I would put it in my phone, but I didn't take my phone with me. And I like, I don't know. I it, it I wish I had my phone so I could see like what else I needed to buy. Um, so I found that to be a little bit. Uh, I want to say I don't want to say discomforting or anything, but it was just it just wasn't. Uh, I think if I if it was back when I was younger when we didn't really have cell phones, I would have had a list with me, so it wouldn't have bothered me. But now I didn't have a list with me, and I didn't have my phone with me, so I just it made me feel, I guess, more uncomfortable. I guess I don't know, just at, not at ease. Um, and um, but the one thing I did notice is not having my phone on me. I actually didn't. The one part I did not mind is I did not mind that people can reach me. Um, I didn't mind like not being able to text people. I did not mind uh, not receiving a phone call. Like that stuff didn't bother me. It was just more about me being able to access my phone to like read things, like uh, articles or watch videos. <coughs> so that's kind of like what I found about like not having my phone on me. I find that <laughs> true um, and interesting. Because much like for you, what does it feel like for you when you don't finish a movie? Does that bug you at all? Depends or, on the Or do you just know you got the technology so you pick up where you leave off? Okay, all right. So <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> I'm like you. I have to finish. If it's a movie or if it's a series, I have to finish it. Clearly, you stayed up dead as a nail, sick, tired to finish the Formula One race, even though you didn't want to. Yeah. Not taking away from how exciting it was. <laughs> um. It, it, so that's why, like, that's why I don't like uh, 
getting into like new TV shows and stuff like that. Cause like people are like, Oh, you got to watch this. You got to watch this. Cause I know the moment I watch a new TV series, I kind of have a little bit of an addictive uh, personality in this sense where if I start a series, I have to finish that series. It's like I'll stay up until like, I can't like stay up anymore. And I pass out watching TV to like watch and get all get that whole like whatever nine <laughs> season uh, finished <laughs> so i don't so that way i can put it past my life and i can move on with my life because if i don't then i feel like i'm like <coughs> i'm like at work or i'm doing something else i'm like i like, what else is going on in the show i need to know i need to know and so i i do yeah I, not only do i have to finish it i have to finish it right away so i can just move on from it it's interesting. Part of the reason I ask is because I think I I know that about you, like particularly with movie or series, TV series. Um, whereas for me, I have to finish a chapter and then I'm okay. So I finish one episode. As long as I finish the episode, I'm okay. And I was not okay because I tested this out with Aiden with the Game of Thrones, stopping it in the middle, and I'm still like, God damn it, I need to finish that episode. Yeah. I can't stop it in the middle, and I can't stop it at the end because the end always has a cliffhanger, and I just want to know what the fuck happens the next on the next one. See, and for me, as long as I get to the end of that chapter, I'm okay. I'm like okay with the cliffhanger, but I have to feel like I finished it. And that's what, like with books too. Mm-hmm. Um, but with books, I can like finish a chapter and then I'm okay. But if I'm within the last 100 pages of a book, I'm not gonna put down the book. I have to finish the book no matter what. It doesn't matter if it's 4 o'clock in the morning. I have to finish the book if I'm in within the last 100 pages. All right. It, it's uh, it's kind of a pain sometimes. I mean, the only way I don't finish a book when I'm inside the last 100 pages is like if I'm just like falling asleep, <laughs> slobbering in the book. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh- the the piece that I find interesting about the restaurants or whatnot, I have no fucking problem going to a grocery store or a restaurant without my phone. Like, I actually prefer not to do that. Whether I am worried about, unless I'm like absolutely worried about a call I might miss, I just want to go there and tune everything out. So I'll just have my beverage and my snack or chips and salsa is common and then move on um none of not having a phone or not using a phone makes me feel antsy there but um here was one thing that i did this weekend normally when and aiden uh you know plays a ton of basketball and normally when he wants new shoes i am intricately involved and let's find these shoes i'm on the web with him on my phone very few people use computers for the web anymore. We're both on our phones, but but I didn't this year. I left my phone down and I was like, you've got to do this. You've got to solidify this purchase. Make sure they hold it and we'll go drive and pick them up. And here's why it got really hard is my old school mentality was like, give them a fucking call, tell them to put it on hold and then let's go pick them up. It's a 35-mile drive with traffic. It's about a 50-minute drive to go from where we were to Flatirons Crossing each way. So we're talking about a two-hour commitment once you have to get out of the car, get the shoes, and back. What does he do? This made it even harder. He didn't call to make sure they had them. He placed an online order. He's like, they say it should be ready in an hour. 
which you never know until they confirm the order, which could be an hour, which I just wanted to get this done. <laughs> this part made me anxious. He's like, so we'll leave in 15 minutes. Should take 45 to get there, and we'll go pick him up. And I'm like, holy shit, all you did had to do was give a goddamn call. And I'm not sharing any of this with him. If you, Aiden, if you see this on the show, I'm not attacking you at all. This is all part of just reality. Is like, holy shit, all you had to do was call, make sure they had them in their hands, and then we leave in a minute, and we go get them, and we're done. Instead, we're waiting 15 minutes to pray that they're ready in an hour and that they have them when we go to pick them up. Um, that one was really interesting because the piece there was there absolutely was technology that could have made my perception of control easier for myself. And I didn't. And, uh, yeah, that part made it a little interesting and anxious. I agree with you on this. 110%. <laughs> you should have called. <laughs> right? Like it takes a minute, maybe three. Well, here, here's the reason why you called. <laughs> Right, and why you should have called? Because I've done this before too. Like where I've ordered something online, and then they're like, "Yeah, I'll be right here." And you get there, and they're like, "Oh, sorry, we're all out." Like your website said you had it. You said you confirmed you had it, and I get here now. Where is it? And they don't have it. So now you don't do that. Now I call. Like I'm like, "Do you guys have this?" And if you have it, can you put it on? You know, can you put it on hold for me? Because I'm not going to drive there to tell me. For you to tell me like it's not there, I this like uh, so like I think one of the first times when uh, like when I first moved in here with you, uh, the uh, filters for the coffee maker, mm. I went to like four <laughs> different stores they didn't have them, and so and, and you I, were bouncing between Super WalMarts and King Supers. Yeah, and I was like online. They they like. They say they have like four of them. I go there, and then the Walmart place is like no, the guy at the at the customer service. Is like, no, we don't have those. I'm like, it says this right here in this aisle right here. And like, I'm over there. It says you guys have four of them. He's like, no, we don't have them. And then so like I'm like, he's like, try this. <laughs> and, he go, and he like he looks at his computer. And he's like, oh, this other location has it. So I go over there. They don't have it either. So like that's you know, like that was like one of those times where I learned like uh, I don't care what the freaking computer says. Or what the phone or what the web says, I'm calling these mother effers now and making sure they have the freaking filters I need, or whatever it is I want to pick up. So I agree with you 110. percent He he should have called because just imagine if you got there right. I'm not saying this like I like I know how well you treat your kids, but I just know like if it was me and I had a son and he uh, did it online and we drove like an hour there. And we got out, and they're like, oh, we don't have those shoes here. I would have to, like, try so hard not to blow up because <laughs> I'd be so furious. I'm like, right there with like, you. why didn't you motherfucking call them? <laughs> I mean, I could have, like, made a lesson out of it and been like, call. Hey, do you have these shoes? Put them on hold. <laughs> Jesse, not Aiden. I'll be there in 45 minutes. <laughs> so, uh, so after like learning how to like go through that life lesson a few times, I'm still a firm believer in more of the old school approach of calling them and making sure they, they uh, put them on hold. So I, I agree with you totally 110% there. That was an interesting one. Um, what you got next? All right. Since uh, I'm like, I'm sure people have been hearing me cough here. Uh, my my throat's a little bit dry, so I'm gonna go with this one here. 
Um, I uh, not that this is like totally out of the norm, but maybe it is a little bit out of the norm. Um, you know, I buy like freaking like vitamins and all kinds of weird shit all the time. Fucking, I have a closet <laughs> that's the size of a bedroom of clothes. He's got the equivalent of vitamins. <laughs> but this time around, um, I don't eat a whole lot of vegetables or whatever. Uh, so I thought I'd try filled of greens. <laughs> and I don't really, I don't normally do this. I actually have never done this, but I just opened this up. I know it's unopened because I got this like nice shaker bottle here that came with it too and uh, i'm gonna try it on air so this is like something new i don't do this you, don't you know it's gonna it taste like a dog eating grass in the backyard probably so <laughs> uh, but apparently uh it's uh field of greens real organic superfoods full servings of ve- uh, vegetables full servings of fruit antioxidant powder boost immunity um, it's one scoop with your choice of beverage, one to two times daily. And I choose vodka. <laughs> <laughs> but it has a whole huge list of like a bunch of like uh, things on here, like uh, organic spinach powder, uh, organic parsley powder, kale powder, uh, barley grass, uh, wheat grass, uh, banana, all kinds of. Weird stuff in here. Uh, well, not weird stuff, but salt veggies and uh, stuff like that. So I'm going to give it a try on air. Uh, and uh, I'll tell you guys if I think it tastes great. I don't know how good it actually is, but like the people uh, who I heard about this from, they say it gives you like a lot more energy and uh, uh, it helped them like uh, get out and get their butts to the gym and stuff like that because they just had like a bigger boost of energy and stuff and they felt better. So here it is. I'm going to try it out. It does have like a slight sweetness, maybe like with a tinge of banana with uh, putting clippings from uh, your lawnmower in there. So like, like a grassy, uh, like a grassy lawnmower uh, taste uh, with a hint of a banana sweetness. Not necessarily bad, by the way. I'm no, just, not necessarily bad. It's just... The one time I tried something like that, I tasted like it tasted to me like I was eating grass with <laughs> vegetables. Yeah, it tastes like basically it's like if I took uh, if you took like grass clippings and liquefied liquefied it, and uh, like I said, just add like a tinge of like banana sweetness. That's what it kind of tastes like to me. I can what smell the it? banana. Can you? Yeah, I can literally smell the banana all the way over here. I can't smell shit. My nose is now all stuffy. No, the ready. banana smells good, but I haven't. It smelled really the doesn't grass taste clippings. all that bad. And Jesse can tell you, like, I really just got this today. So I, I'm not making this up. Like, I haven't tried like this like all like like a whole month or anything. Like, I literally just got it like right before we started filming. Yeah, I had to go get the. He got it mail. out of the mailbox. <laughs> so, um, honestly, yeah, maybe I'll you know I'll, I'll do this every day. This is a thirty day thing. If I notice any difference at the end at the end of the month. Uh, or the end of 30 days if it's if it has any good positive effects uh for me i'll let you guys know um but i just figured i'd try something new um and uh taste something on air that's totally different uh than our scotch so that that, that was a new thing there and I, I'm, I'm really just jumping here to that right now because my throat was itchy and i didn't want to keep drinking the scotch <laughs> Not because I don't like the scotch, it's just I have a cold. I just I'm telling you, I will share with you already. The scotch is losing its strength. Is it? 
at least to me. Um, but as a blended beverage, it probably would add a lot. All right, I got two more things to share. What else you got? Two? I just got one. All right, so I will share my next one. Um, one of these is technology-based. One of them's not. Okay. And what I will share with you is the one is technology-based. I actually, and I think you probably have noticed this about me, I don't fucking use my phone while I drive. I leave it in my pocket or I leave it in my thing. Like, I don't fuck with my phone while I'm driving. I actually believe in not doing that. Um, my kids, when, you know, a decade ago now, they were the ones who were like, you shouldn't be on your phone when you drive. And I'm like, fuck, what the fuck do you know? You're a kid. And then later, though, I'm like, I've known so many people now since that in the past decade that have gotten into accidents while they were using their phone that I don't, unless it's, like, okay, uh, call 911. And I did a trip where I used my phone several times texting. Dude, I will tell you right now, it made me feel super uncomfortable. I felt like I shouldn't be doing it. It made me feel wrong. It's the opposite of I don't have the technology to use in a restaurant like you were speaking of. It is I have all this technology and I shouldn't be using it. Like I should go park in a fucking parking lot and go text or do any number of other things. Um, it was very interesting because normally the truth be told, like I let people know when I'm leaving work or doing something else when I'm leaving for the sole intention of, hey, once you know that I'm leaving, don't plan on me texting you until I get to the destination uh, because I just want to focus on driving. Even before cell phones and texting while driving was an option, I never wanted to do any, like I didn't want to have conversations with people that were like meaningful conversations. <laughs> if it's like, oh, this is great. This is great. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? And he's all of a sudden it's like, well, what do you think is the meaning of life while you're trying to drive? I don't want that fucking conversation while I'm driving. That's too much. I can't give either thing I'm supposed to be doing, the attention, the conversation, or the driving. The driving could kill us. Like it has always in my lifeblood bothered me. And it literally made me feel uncomfortable texting while driving um so yeah I'm not planning on doing that unless it's like super emergency status again it is actually really dangerous to text and drive um that's probably like one thing i do like about some of these newer cars like yeah uh, if you do have to take a phone call they have the hands free stuff so that but i, I get your point there as far as like you <laughs> that's know, what i was gonna say <laughs> you're taking the phone call yes cut into his abdomen oh shit i meant his ass <laughs> Like, uh, because it's hands-free, you're not, like, like holding the phone. And so, like, you're still driving, but it does it does take away some of the uh, concentration, even though it is hands-free. So I do agree with you there. Uh, although I am a bit guilty, though. I do take some phone calls while I'm driving. Uh, but I do agree with the whole, like, texting while you're driving thing. Yeah, that's, that, like, that's just crazy because you're just asking for yourself to get into a car accident. For me, it's not even about the hands-free piece. It's literally about I have 100% of my mental capacity, and now I'm splitting it between two things. One of them is driving. One of them is this other person's attention. And it's not that I don't want to have a conversation with the other person. It's not that driving is more important. But guess what? If our lives are in my hands, that is where my responsibility falls. And I can tell you over the last 20 plus years, I have pissed off a ton of people during conversations, most of them girlfriends or wives. 
<laughs> because I got short with my answers and they're like, why are you being such an asshole? It's like, because you're asking a question that I, you want an answer for now. And that's the answer you get while our lives are in my hands driving on a highway. Meanwhile, that's then fair. later on, I'm like, ah, oh, shit, that's not what I wanted to say at all. But it, I just wanted to focus on I'm one thing. Uh, I think this brings up a good point, though, too. I think some of these cars nowadays with, like, the whole, like, infotainment centers and stuff like that. What the fuck, Michael Douglas? They're more of a distraction uh, than anything. They really are. And I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if those caused some accidents. But I agree with you there. Your Uh, last one. My last one. Usually anymore, uh, I made a move uh, probably back in... I want to say about like 2016, 2017, where I started to move everything from physical books over into a digital format mm. uh, because I uh, had bounced around, moved a lot, and like having like a bunch of boxes of books gets really old to like keep moving around. So, <laughs> but uh, so that's why I started like uh, moving, started moving everything to digital, either like to like a digital format to where I can read on the iPad or audio uh, to where I can listen to it. And so one of the things here is I got a new book. Um, I love this. What? You got a new book. Yeah, got a new book. And uh, <coughs> I didn't get as far as I want to get into it because I had class this week and I've been sick, so I've been trying to sleep a little bit more. Um, so I only just got a few pages into it. But I wanted to get the feel of having like a real book in my hand again. Although I couldn't find the hardback for this, I only had uh, the only found a paper uh, paperback. But it's the Silva mind control method, <coughs> and the thing that interests me about this is this guy Jose Silva came up with the method of like how to bring or. Um, I think it has to do like more like I guess thinking more on like a metaphysical level maybe or whatever. But he's like it's all about like attracting things into uh, into your life. And what what I found uh, was this article about this lady who's I think it was his secretary or some other secretary who did this uh, silver mind control method, and she would win like a shitload of like contests, and she get like free trips all the time and stuff like that. And it was all based on this. Uh, Silva's uh, mind control method. So I'm like, eh, might as well pick it up and read it and see what it's about and stuff like that. Um, I just barely got like a few pages into it. Like I said, I just hadn't had the uh, time because of being sick and teaching uh, this week and uh, the projects I had to get done before Thanksgiving. Um, but the nice thing is I do have a bunch of time coming up. Uh, so now I can read it and also catch up on a lot of the uh, back episodes that we have. Uh, I won't get all the way caught up to 141, uh, but this one will still come out on time, which will be on. Uh, I'm shooting for Thursday, but it might be Friday again uh, like last week, but it will be Thursday or Friday for this one. But then the other ones uh, will have 26 and probably 27, maybe 128 all coming out uh, in short succession as well. Awesome. All right. So my last one. And also, I love reading oh, wait. books. For one thing, yeah, having actually a physical book is way different than reading digitally. Oh, like, for sure. Because like one, you see like kind of like you know how thick it is on one side and how far you made it, and just being able to like you know sometimes you get a brand new book, 
That, that's what the paperback. Sensory. Yeah. Sensory. You can touch it. You can touch you can it. Smell it. And sometimes, like when you get like a nice, good hardback book or like a leather bound book, when you smell it, like the paper and the leather, or even like paper and the hardback, just smell so great. Dude, I'm right there you. with you. That just reminds me of that that TV show, you. Dude, it also reminds me of me. <laughs> Only because I think you know it's like I'm constantly buying leather bound books. Yeah, you are. And um <coughs> all preparing for my secret library, which also reminds me of you. <laughs> not me, you. Exactly. It's not me, it's you. <laughs> not you, you. Yeah. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about the Netflix series You. And it is was it originally Netflix the first year? Dude dynamite it is and i still remember the first time i got finish finish it uh three seasons right the last season i need season four i did not finish season four i finished three seasons are they is he's in england now right he went to england yes i think season i think i think the england one is season four oh then um so you might be on season four first half right yeah i finished season four first half so you haven't, you haven't actually seen the end of season four? No. Oh, you got to see the end of season four. All right. Well, I, once I started, though, see, I want to finish. I got to finish this first because it's going to be a future smarter challenge. Also, okay, so my last one here. Yeah, the, this the, is the not, inner Harvey's better. Dude, this is, this is not technologically based unless you consider the current textile situation for clothing different. And one thing I did, and this is very different for me, is... When I think of athleisure, so I'm talking about tennis shoes, sport socks, or no socks, uh, sweatpants, nothing dressy, no polo shirts, maybe a t-shirt, usually some like thermal type of situation. Dude, I did athleisure for a whole fucking weekend. Fucking weird. (laughs) Going in the store in sweatpants. Um... Spending time with my kids in sweatpants wasn't so weird. But I did hear over the course of two days, three different people tell me, are you wearing sweatpants? And I'm like, no, God damn it. These are athleisure pants. They are a rayon polyester blend with some cotton in them, too. Well, I think here, too, though, is like you're, these are people that know you, so they know that that's not something you normally would yeah, do. Yeah, what the fuck are you wearing, Jesse? Like, where are your so loafers? I, where are your leather loafers? I'm wearing fucking cheap ass. And when I say cheap ass, I'm talking the difference between a $200 or $400 loafer to a $120 tennis shoe. Were, were you wearing your, like, uh, Formula One Pumas? Um, I did wear them one day. But otherwise, those were my cheap-ass Nikes the rest of the time. And it fucking felt weird. (laughs) Did you see my Formula 1s up there? I thought they were right over there. Yeah, they're not over there. Oh, yeah, they are still over there. The the Puma Ferrari. (laughs) Yeah, I wore them one day. No one said or did anything about them when I put my Nikes on with the same outfit. What are you wearing? (laughs) It was different. It was interesting. You know, sometimes, like, uh, and I know you mentioned, like, how you felt, because uh, you, you told me a little bit about your experience. Um, it makes me wonder if we if if we could get a perfect environment to replicate, like, you wearing kind of like what you're wearing right now and you wearing your athleisure wear, 
uh, when you went to return that item to the store? Is it really like that guy had a different perception on you, like what you're wearing? Uh, or was that guy just like hated life and it was being that way no matter who you were? Bitch better have my money. <laughs> because, I, you know, there, there, is a, there is a truism that the way you present yourself, other people view you differently. But then there's also the truism like the way uh, whatever you wear, you view and perceive yourself differently. 100%. So I'm wondering like uh, if some of the things that you might have experienced might have just been more like your perception of things or if it is part of the other or and I'm, I'm sure this is where it really truly is is somewhere in the middle. Um, I think predominantly it's in the middle, but what I will say based on my, if I'm giving a 10 year experience, how you present yourself to others has a bigger impact on them than it does to you. However, it absolutely has an impact on you, but it still has a bigger impact on them. See, and here's another, uh, another thought here too. How much has that changed after COVID? A ton. It continues to change. During COVID, it changed as well. Um, it's continuing to evolve, and I think we're going back to what you and I loved about you know, some of our other experiences where, guess what? Suits and ties should be required in some restaurants. I think that's right. It is right. And I think also in offices, it's right. And honestly... I'll put like I know I gained some weight after my car accident, and then right after car accident came COVID, and then I never kind of got myself back into uh, back into shape. So that's why you see me wearing my hoodies all the time, still, right? But nonetheless, I do think if I had or was forced to go back to an office setting and work inside an office every day, that that kind of gives you more incentive to like go to the gym, stay in shape, uh, and wear nice clothing. Um, and I think that would actually be beneficial for people because I think the whole like at work at home stuff, A, I think it does two things is one, it makes people more sloppy and two, uh, makes people more introverted and they have less connection to others. Uh, and I think it's a detriment, this type of technology. Um, I don't know where that came from. I just, I just kind of jumped on board with yours a little bit with the whole dress thing. No, I 100% agree. So. Anyways, that's all I have to share. I don't know. Did you have anything else? Um, as far as shares for this episode, that is it. All right. Uh, so I guess we can wrap it up. Like overall, uh, overall experience. Like, what did you get out of it? Uh, for me, the one thing I got out of this is doing some things I normally don't do. One, um, even though I didn't get as far as I wanted to in my book, I only got a few pages in. Um, I kind of re uh, refound like. Uh, like what I love about having physical books. Uh, two, I think I kind of like rekindled a little bit about what I liked about the past where everyone didn't have a cell phone. And uh, if I can actually get myself to a point where I don't have to have my cell phone every day or carry, or carry it with me, um, I'd love to go more in that direction anyways. Uh, leaving the house, not having people be able to reach me at, every, at any given moment and stuff like that. I think is nice. Uh, on the flip side, though, it's nice to have in case of an emergency, but how often do you come across those? <coughs> and as far as this, like, feel the greens things, I don't know. That's a toss-up. I have no idea. I like the <laughs> one other. Other than I'm just drinking uh, sweet-flavored uh, grass. <laughs> Dude, 
I think it's great. I just <laughs> we'll, like I said, we'll see what happens in about thirty days. But uh, there's the movie Field of Dreams, and apparently Noah's living the movie Field of Greens. <laughs> so, but I think overall, I think um, it was kind of a fun experiment to kind of go without the phone for a couple things. Uh, fun experience uh, to uh, re-pick up a book and kind of get that physicalness out of the of the the touch, smell, and feel of uh of reading a book and also i think it's better for your eyesight too because you're not having like that uh, blue light burn into your retinas and stuff like that so uh overall i say you know if you get a chance try to go without your cell phone and pick up a real book amen all right you just mentioned that picking up a real book just out of curiosity i'm still trying to think about mine i'll have an answer here in the next 60 seconds as well and could ultimately change but if you had to think of one book growing up between birth and 21 years of age do you have a favorite book you read like something that even though you may or may not ever read it again or you may want to read it every year for the rest of your life or even more frequently than that was there a best book in grade school middle school high school before you were 21 of legal drinking age before legal drinking age, just to create a cutoff. <laughs> um, growing up, I hated reading. Uh, <laughs> I really did. I hated reading. I hated picking up books. Uh, and I think the reason why is because, like, I didn't like being forced to read and having to do like book reports and stuff like that. Um, I didn't really start to enjoy reading until I went to college. Um. Uh, when I actually started like picking up books more for leisure, um, and uh, one of the very first like sets of uh, I guess series, and I didn't go all the way through the series um, that I enjoyed was uh, the Interview with the Vampire series. Oh, fuck yeah, and, Rice. Uh, yeah, and the reason why like I, the <laughs> I reason the reason why I stopped reading some of, like her uh, Vampire Chronicle books is because like it got too like homo. Uh, erotic for me yeah dude get over it <laughs> <laughs> but uh but initially like the first like i don't know um definitely the first three books i really enjoyed because it, i felt like when i was reading them i it felt more like history like i was reading history about learning about a different like society and stuff like that and uh how like a different culture worked and so i really enjoyed uh, at least the first three books of being like um Interview with the Vampire, the Vampire Lestat, and the Queen of the Dam. Um, so I really enjoyed those. Uh, I think there was a couple of Michael Crichton books. Um, um, uh, there's the one where, crap, it's, uh, I, I know what the book is about. And there's a Wesley Snipe movie uh, that was done about it where uh, it was a murder and it had to do with Japanese people. Um, Rising Sun. Rising Sun. Fucking phenomenal movie. And it was a great movie, but I love the book so much more. Um, you know, there's been other books I've read outside of like uh, older, but like if you ask me, like before, uh, before drinking age, I'm gonna tell you. Well, like, you're good enough, man. You already said interview with the vampire. Whether or not it's before drinking age, that's good. Um, I, I, I'm just curious because for me, man. My mom read me so many books, and I have so many fond memories. And hers, as far as, like, frivolous or frivolosity, if that's truly a word, 
um, unnecessary, in other words, outweigh any of them. But the one most impactful dynamic to me was when my dad read with me Romeo and Juliet Shakespeare. So I could get a great grade freshman year in high school and change my life. That's awesome. They had that. Cause I think for me growing up, like my parents were divorced and, uh, you know, my mom being a single mom and then I'd go see my dad on the weekends and my dad, I go visit him on the weekends. He was uh, really big into doing like amateur bowling and he's getting to the part to the point to where until he like walked off of scaffolding hanging hanging drywall, he uh, he was getting his average pretty close to where he could go on to the PBA tour. Um, so I spent like a lot of my like childhood at, in bowling alleys, eating like a bunch of like freaking uh, like bowling alley food and shit like that, Fries, and playing, and playing cheese video, sticks and and playing video games. Like he just gave me like rolls and rolls of cords to go play video games as he's like bowling in these tournaments and Trying to uh, get all three holes filled <laughs> and so i remember i and i think i told you this uh too and i i, I might have shared this with you guys here uh, who watch us um but there was a that i think the one of the things i remember a lot about my dad is like on the weekends though like after he got done with these bowling uh his bowling tour stuff uh we'd go see movies so that, I think that's one of the reasons why I love going to the theaters all the time to go see movies is because it kind of ties back into the, those fond memories. And, you know, like my mom being a single mom, like uh, she she didn't really have time to really sit there and read with me and stuff like that. So um, I think that maybe that's like some of the reasons why I wasn't as big of a reader when I was younger. Um, so but I think it's great that you had that. I was blessed. I, I look in my entire life, and but part of that is also – Think about all the people who didn't have the movies or the bowling experiences that you did. That's also, you're also blessed. All right. Well, um, that's pretty important. Uh, let's go ahead and close this show, and then we'll introduce the aspects of the next. All right. Um, are we actually doing the closing? You want me to do the closing remarks? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, if you're ready for it or if you have something else to say. No. Let's do it. All right. Well, uh, if you guys lasted this long, thank you very much for uh, – for all those viewers who watch us on YouTube and Rumble, uh, we greatly appreciate all of you. And uh, to all the many listeners on the many different podcast platforms, we greatly appreciate you as well. And I do apologize. I didn't say that up front like I normally do. <laughs> and uh, please like, share, and subscribe, and leave some comments down below, and we'll have Jesse close us out. All right. So as Noah's closing us out, next week on our show, we're going for, you know, we're going to – continue to structure our show we're fighting and going for six memories from our youth between two or more of our elders so we're going to share with two or more of our elders these can be parents aunts uncles anyone anyone that was older and us cousins even what you loved and appreciate or truly still love and appreciate about them and why you are proud of them Ultimately meaning how much they mean to you. And then we're going to come back and share some of these pieces. So our real goal is to share six pieces 
we can share more if we have so many that are that dynamic that we need to. But I'm, I'm telling you already, I'm going to go to my mom, and I know you are. I'm going to go to my dad, and I don't know if I'll go to many other people besides those two, but tell them about some of the experiences that I remember growing up that meant so goddamn much to me and the whys and how it's impacted me. Um, again, we're looking for six or more. So if it's two people, three each, if it's three people, two each or more, um, really looking at how did it make you feel? And then also, now that you've shared this all these years later, how is it making them feel? Like, what was their response ultimately? Um, because understanding, going back off of my last piece of uh, asking, for advice. asking for advice, these people were impacted. These are the same people most likely we're going to go to. And if you need to go to younger people, that's just fine. And if you want to go to younger people, even better for it. But people that have impacted your life positively and you're going through and you've asked them for advice. Now we're going to go back and be like, hey, I just want to share with you all these different ways you impacted me positively. You know, how do you feel? What's the impact? You don't have to even ask them, but they're just going to tell you. Um, or if not, then ask them. And I want to see if that makes us consider how we're going to react the rest of our lives on this planet because they made an action that impacted us so much. Kill everybody. <laughs> Maybe, but they, they joking, made, everybody joking. They made an action that impacted us so much that we shared it with them. And now they're sharing with us the impact and we should carry things forward. That's truly my belief is ultimately that's the long-term goal is sharing with this to get the response, to understand as we continue to age, when we have these things, are we doing what we can each and every day to help the people that will never need to appreciate us in the future, but having a positive impact on their lives to that dynamic uh, magnitude that we do it regardless. And that's really my goal. So with that, as Noah was already saying, thank you guys for everyone who watches. Please like, share, subscribe. Uh, he's got the link for, you know, Podbean. Oh, yeah, Podbean. At the bottom. Uh, without that, though, you know, whatever you can do. If you want to be on the show, we're going back here. If you want to be on the show, let us freaking know. We can make this happen. We can do it uh, here in a room or we can do it over the phone or a computer. We can make a lot of things happen. So please share that with us. Remember, life is not always going to be easy. It shouldn't always be easy, but that doesn't mean it can't be fun. Life is great. And as we continue until next week, Scotchman! Cheers. We hope you enjoyed this evening's episode of Scotch Hour. If you did, please like, share, and subscribe. Also, if you have not done so already, please become a Patreon member with memberships starting as low as $1 a month. Thank you, and hopefully you have a wonderful evening.